I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supple with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov and care for an Adderall spritz? And my name is Colin Drucker and uh, cable is so expensive. (laughs) Yes! That was one of my lines that I highlight, like, I couldn't highlight it because I was typing it, but you know, I uh, if I was writing, I would have underlined it sixteen times. It's so expensive. I I somehow like watching it again. Like when that line happened, I was like, "Oh, that's such a Nick was Nick probably loves this line. Like this such oh, this I so loved right that. up your alley." And I don't mean that as a as a read because it's up my alley too. No, but I was like, yes, that's that thing. It's that moment that I you know I I assumed that was one of your favorites. Yeah, what a, like, kind of mom thing to say, but also has nothing to do with anything at all. It just kind of, like, shows her exhaustion in the moment. Right, Um, right. Ugh, Karen. Karen. I wish she had a different name than Karen, because she's a good Karen. Not a bad Karen. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Yeah, she's a a good Karen. She's bringing, I mean, you know, there's a couple of, there's probably more than a couple of good Karens out there, you know? And so we got to, like, represent for the good Karens, including Karen... Uh, as played by Jessica Hecht in Special, which uh, the second season just came out of on Netflix. Uh, yeah. And it's... Um, it's delightful. It's so good. Oh, my God, it this really show. Uh, so had you watched... What, what? What's your experience with Special? Did you watch the first season when it came out? I did. I think that was back maybe like when we rebooted like Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour 2.0 and we were just kind of assigning each other episodes or, you know, whatever. But the first season, I mean, was right up my alley. All the episodes are 15 minutes each. (laughs) I was like, I was like, this is the future of television. And it really worked. Like I, I can imagine that would be so hard to write, but maybe not. I don't know. Like as far as like the editing process and how much to cram in there. But season two was a full, like, I, I really do feel like a full half hour, not like a 22-minute right. sort of, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I loved the first season. I felt in ways it was like this little engine that could, and it did. It, and and there was, it's a story that has not been told. And I remember, we'll get into, like, as far as just, like representation as far as like the gay experience but like one of the things I was like so thankful for that I truly never seen before I'm not saying that it doesn't exist but for me I've never seen is just how awkward and slow and sometimes clunky anal sex is like when he has his first like (laughs) right right. it's just like yeah like when he like has that he kind of has like a a male escort come over yep in, in season one and to kind of just like do the deed and it's really tasteful and just sort of um 
I mean, even straight sex, they're like they're in, and then once they're done, they like flop over. You know, it's but it's just, right. It, it is a process. It's you don't just go in, and I appreciated that so much from season one, and just in general of uh, how they play that. But yeah, I I love this show, and I'm sad that it's ending. This is the last season. Wait, really? It is. Uh, I googled it. Oh, I googled it, Colin. So oh, it has to be true, it. right? Oh, thank God. Oh, I know. He's I done mean, the work, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that was my prep for this episode. <laughs> um, oh, I mean, it's more than I did, so I don't know who I am reading you. But uh, wow. Oh, that's such a bummer. I, Because I'm like just yeah. settling into this. I'm really same, like, you know. Same. Ugh. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I for anyone who doesn't know, the show is is created by Ryan O'Connell, not to be confused with Ryan O'Connor from Lady Watch. I know, I Which know. I had to, like, literally, I have to, like, look at his name as I'm saying it right now because I would have said O'Connor because I just can't. Yes, uh, I really do have to concentrate. Yeah. Yes. And it's funny, I remember, uh, I remember reading things that Ryan O'Connell had written on Thought Catalog, like... 10 years ago do you remember thought catalog i think it's still around but it was like it rings a bell but i i never um you know it's kind of like medium it's just all essays and okay anyone could could you know post one and i remember reading his you know and it was like it was great and i remember him talking about having cerebral palsy and so like but you know i remember reading one thing he posted about that and so when this came out you know, it was like, oh my God, the guy from Lady Watch has a has a Netflix show, and it was like, oh wait, no, yeah. it's Ryan O'Connell, and it's like, oh yes. my God, I know who that is. And, you know, in that I have some point yeah. of reference, and uh, it's yeah, the first season is great. It's a great pilot season. It's quick little episodes. I definitely I haven't seen it in a while, but I definitely remember thinking the same thing that like so many shows about so many shows misrepresent sex. You know, it's like. I appreciate any time there's even a moment where they like, you know, somebody laughs, you know, where they clunk yes. heads or something. It's like, yeah, it's not like porn. It is so. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like I, there have been so many moments where it's like I've even like said that to someone of like, yeah, man, they don't show you this part in porn. Right. And you just have to like yeah. diffuse the the tension of like no one. I don't expect that, you know, and I think for a lot of people. That's the crazy myth is that no one is expecting that because we all yes. know that it's not real. And so a show like special really normalizes the fact that like it's it's there's no, you know, porn is edited, you know, and it's it's done by yes, actors. And, yes. um, and especially gay sex. I feel like so often and, yeah. and they yeah. they address it in season two, but so often in gay sex, it's like. You know, uh, they, it's like everyone can't be just ready all the time, right? Am I, yeah, I am know. I right, ladies? There's like a conversation to be had there, yes. Right? And it's the prep before and like what you're eating, especially if you're on the bottom. And um, it's, I just appreciated it I'm amongst like so many other things that we'll talk about too. But I was really excited for season two. And I really, like you said, and I'm sorry to burst your bubble too, but like, it really felt like it was gaining so much momentum. It almost feels like, I mean, it's. I almost compared it to like Shit's Creek. I feel like Shit's Creek was gaining momentum like in the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because no one like there was just like a small sort of subculture that was like really following at the beginning, and then everyone was watching it. But with this, I feel like the story itself and like the world is starting to notice if they haven't already with special, and it's done, which is. I mean, if you think about the finale, too, like, 
I, everything does sort of wrap up really well, but there's still opportunities for like continue. I would love like a special movie. <laughs> oh, that. see that I could get together with is like each time the the length. You know, the first season was 15 minute episodes. Yes. The second season is half hour episodes. Give me an hour movie. You know, don't stretch it too far. I can handle it. But yeah, yeah give me like a something more. I and I think a big part of it is because you know there's there's so much out there. There's so many there's, shows there's. out there. I mean, I. To be honest, I don't go on Netflix that often because it's like I walk in, I walk in, you know, I, I, you know, so to speak, walk in and I'm like so overwhelmed. I'm like, oh, my God, this is like this is too much. This is the Costco of content and I just have to leave. And so yeah. uh, there's so much that I think just gets lost and gets missed. And I think there's a ton of great you know uh shows out there like special. There's a lot of great gay content out there that like. I think, mm -hmm. you know, shows about relationships, about sex that I think are worth discovering. But to be honest, I, I think special would have maybe not risen to my attention or like kept my attention if it didn't include Karen and it didn't include like Kim. the mother. And it didn't like, yes. you know, I think that there's something and, and it's like, oh, of course, this gay man in his 30s is going to is going to write like a primo role for a middle aged woman. God bless. Yes. You know? Yes. They know. Yeah. They know. Uh, it's really I mean, I, I'm really trying to say I'm not I'm trying not to say special, but it is. I just think that the, the word has so many uh, meanings in context of the show, too. But like it is this sort of beautiful moment. And I think like Ryan O'Connell is like really starting, you know, is going to. I just like expect big things from him, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm so jazzed about, you know, what this is and all the people that were in the show and like now get these other opportunities. Yeah, I agree. I I mean, up until a few minutes ago, I thought, oh, this is great for him. He's got this show and I'm sure there's going to be a season three. So record scratch on that. But I don't know. I mean, uh, the fact that he's like the, you know, I know he didn't write and like direct every episode, but he's the creator of this I yeah. feel like, and he's he's done a. I I realize kind of digging in. It's like he's he's had a pretty great career so far. I yeah. mean, mm -hmm. uh, there was this other show, Awkward, that he was a writer on. There was this other yeah. show, Daytime Divas, that I don't think lasted very long, but uh, he was a writer on that. He wrote on Will and Grace when it came back. I mean, nice. Uh, to be totally honest, I'm. <laughs> I'm a little jealous. Like, yeah. Ryan O'Connell is one of those people that I like that I look at and like, let's see, he and I are, are we the same age? Show me your full bio, Ryan. Don't hide your age. Gay men do not need to hide their ages. Ryan O'Connell not showing your age. Why? Because you don't want to <gasps> yeah, be. Yeah, it's not on IMDb. Unfathomable. Let's... Well, I'm going to assume he's around. He's in his mid thirties that he and I are cohorts. And I would say, yeah. Whenever I see that, and I think of this as well with like... He's 34. 34. Oh my God, I'm older than him. Oh, he's he's got a head start on me. He didn't even have his Bobby Baby 35. He hasn't even had his Bobby he? Baby 35th. <laughs> oh. um, poor baby. And so when I think of people like him or I think of like the the Las Culturistas universe, like Bowen and Matt yeah. and then all of those like performer, yes. writer yes. friends, content yes. creator friends they have. And I just think like... 
oh god and i know that i'm romanticizing it but i just and i'm sure these people have been like working to the bone like i've been working in digital advertising for the past over many years like if i was spending that same time talent and energy on trying to like be a writer and get things produced like maybe i'd have a similar career she says presumptuously but i just like look at that and i think <laughs> oh like maybe like it's as if it's like a sliding doors of like oh I think that's what I want, you know? Um, yes. And I don't even know if that's true, but I just, I definitely feel that sense of jealousy of like, oh my God, here is this like gay man in his 30s telling stories that I wish I was responsible for telling, you know? Yeah, you're reading like right from my dream journal now, as, <laughs> right. as you said one time to me. I think you said that in our very first episode. I, I don't know why I remember <laughs> when you said that I laughed really hard, but it's, it's true. It's like, uh, so I've been thinking... I've been having like such a conversation with myself about like creativity and like what's stopping me from doing X, Y, Z and what that looks like and what medium it is and like how I'm, you know, it's like the amount of like um, word docs on my computer that I've like started and just like, (laughs) it's like a graveyard Mm -hmm. of just ideas and notebooks and journals and like, it's like get your shit together and figure it out and just do it. Like, but it's like, it's, it's more than that. And, and, I think, like you said, it's like all of those, the Las Culturistas crew and like everyone else who has got to where they are now has, has been, you know, doing improv nights and doing like working at UCB right. and like all this and just like hustling because it just, because they stuck with it. Right. And, and they're talented and they are doing the work. I think that's really, it's really the formula and it's so simple and it so is. hard. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and it's not for nothing. Like we have, we, we have an audience with podcasts that like, that's, yeah. in, and I know anyone can have a podcast, but there's, you know, there's so many podcasts out there where people are like, yeah, I got like 10 plays, you know, we definitely get like yeah. significantly more than that on these, on this sure, podcast. Sure. And so it's like thinking of that as well. Like I remember reading somewhere that, um, it, it's something like, I can't even think of the number, but it was some absurdly low number of, of listeners or plays per episode is like the average for podcasts and i was like oh so like and this isn't even saying much like we're like five percent doing okay yeah Yeah, all relative like we're doing just fine i mean we're not joe rogan but thank god but it's you know but it but and i'm sure it's all you know that's all kind of the grass is always greener right because like there could be someone who has nine listeners there are nine plays an episode and I'm like oh god wouldn't that be nice what we have and yes, then we look at yes, what ryan yes, o'connell yes. or bowen yang has yes. like and then they yes. look at what you know and just keep going down the line uh so it's you know it, i think the other part of like just being consistent and sticking with it is also like also kind of knowing okay but this is and this is so like bumper stickery but like this is my own specific narrative like i can't keep yeah. looking at what ryan o'connell is doing because that's not who i am or what i'm doing you know yeah absolutely i think a lot of problems with me too is like i have like so many interests i want to like write i want to podcast mm-hmm. i want to like learn how to crochet i want to learn how to read palms i like but like all these books that i've read and just like 
uh, like keep buying I'm like I buy shit and like uh, I just feel like there are just different types of creators that like you know when you buy something you feel like that's like you feel like you're actually doing it <laughs> you know oh, I mean? yeah or if you yeah. sign up for a class or uh, or buy a book or actually buy the thing like okay I bought the crochet hook and I got some yarn and I'm gonna like really I'm just gonna make hats and then I'm gonna open up an Etsy store right. and I'm gonna do this and like then you realize how long it takes and you, and like how it's like really difficult and you make the hat. I remember I made the hat and I was like, oh, this isn't what I thought it would feel like. Look, I'm I made a hat. I'm picturing you sitting there, you have the finished hat, and you're just like, I know. What, what the, what am I going to do with this? You know? Yeah, I posted it on, on my Instagram account. You could see it. I felt pretty proud of that hat, actually. And it didn't take too long, but I... I don't know. Maybe I'm more invested in the process and like and and less of the results. I don't know. Right. It's just been a really lot of a lot of like self reflection and like I know that I'm like talented and have good ideas, but I'm also like lazy as fuck sometimes. And sometimes I'm really into. I'm like a motivated procrastinator. Is mm, what I am. I I hear that. I am. Yeah. I'm raising and my mug. Yeah. What's the antidote? I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> an Adderall spritz. An Adderall yeah. spritz. Yeah. Um, well, I I won't tangent us. Maybe we'll I'll I'll put yeah, a pin can... in this, but ask talk about it in the after show. But sure. Uh, what are you? Are you familiar with the artist's way? Yes, and I think we talked about it because Keon and I were just talking about it last night. We um we rented the book from the library. I didn't buy it for once because I was tempted to buy it because mm-hmm. that's always my first impulse. But I was using my resources. Rented it out. It was great. Like, like all great things, I can really commit to something. A diet, an exercise regimen, like anything. I'm good for like a like 30, 35 days maybe. And mm-hmm. then it starts to just wane a little bit. And I don't really get, um, you know, I don't necessarily spiral by any means. I'm just like, okay, I'm... I'm done with this. And I, I did learn, like, I, I love the writing. I love the morning pages. And I think what I might bring back is just, like, the morning page. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's I feel like that's a good place to start. Um, if I'm not going to do all the other stuff, I'm going to just at least get my thoughts out as I just, like, kind of, you know, wake up a half hour earlier and just drink some coffee and sit with my thoughts. I think that might help. So that was a long way of saying, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I agree with that idea that at the very least, do the morning pages. That's pretty much yeah. the like, um, that that's the you know the strongest part of the of the artist's way, in my opinion. But yes, uh, well, and you know, stay tuned, folks. It's a journey. Yeah. Maybe soon, soon someone will be recapping our Netflix special. <laughs> yes, exactly. Ugh. Yeah, we'll just team up and write something. Yeah, something called like grandmas or grandmas uh, yeah it'll be something you know i don't know what it'll be but it'll be something with a lot of great roles for women in it yes yeah um here we go yeah and uh speaking of shows with great roles speaking of shows with great roles for women in it uh so (laughs) jessica hector did you before special had you ever seen her before are you familiar with her I know, because, like, when you Google her, I think, like, she was in Breaking Bad, but I, for some reason, cannot remember her in Breaking Bad at all, and I know she was in, she actually played Susan in Friends, for any Friends fanatics out there, um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, which I'm probably, I probably am, because I am not, like, a Friends fanatic, but I she played Susan, who I feel like is the, the woman that, like, Ross's 
uh, her ex-fiance like married, like she she was a lesbian, and it was that situation. Maybe we'll for throw some it reason, I think I I think I am able that to say yes. In, you're right. Out? Yeah. yeah, for you know, I know like I, I know at random things that I don't need to know, and I feel like knowing. I've always known that Jessica Hecht was on Friends, and I think she was, and it was Ross related. Yeah. So, yes. Yes. Um, and, you know, and that's fine. So, uh, she, of course, is fabulous in, in special, but we are going to focus primarily on one episode today uh, the fourth episode of the second season, Death by a Thousand Cold Cuts. Uh, yes. So, I guess mild spoilers. I mean, this isn't really a show with spoilers, you know, like, yeah, you've been kind of, yeah. I I mean, you know, if you're really (laughs) that concerned, it's just like, you know, pause this and go watch special. But, uh, you know, if not, then here we go. So, uh, so in this episode, uh, Karen's mother, who she's been kind of, you know, taking care of, who's had dementia, has a stroke and passes away, and it's really just kind of like the the days in between somebody dying and the funeral, which is always a. I could I could watch seasons upon seasons that just take place during these days, of oh, any of any yes. death yes. experience, you know. It really is like I almost it's again I always say like fun to watch, but it's just like it's just like where all the meat lies, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just like yes that. Sign me up. I love it. I just, and it's such a, like, when I think of the times in my life, you know, when my, my grandparents had passed away, um, I feel like there was another one, but those were kind of the big ones. But I think about those, those weird little days, you know, uh, after finding out somebody, like, I remember like when my grandfather passed away and uh, this was like 2009 and there was like, you know, I went to. I went to Jersey and I was there the morning that he passed away. And then, uh, we, my mom, my stepdad, my brother and my sister-in-law and I went back to my brother and sister-in-laws and we got donuts and bagels. And I, I have no idea how many I ate. I was just, I just, I just wouldn't stop eating. I just would not stop eating bagels and donuts. They were delicious. And I was over the next couple days, I was in let's just say in every way possible insatiable. And it was when I had really come to the realization that like, Oh, and I was like Googling, like what is normal? This can't be a normal way of grieving. Like why, like, why is this how I'm reacting? And then I really kind of came across like, there's really no normal way to grieve. Like if it feels crazy, you're probably doing it right. And, Mm -hmm. and then to be honest with you, I just like, I can't remember the next death that happened, but it was like I got that 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 rush again that like I just have decided to positively interpret as like a zest for life in the face of death. But it's probably just like running for numbing. Um, But it's this kind of high that in this weird way, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be fascinating if somebody like got addicted to the high of grief? You know? Yeah, uh, I'm sure. It happens. I mean, I'm thinking of like, I used to sing at a church. It was an Episcopal church in Pittsburgh. And like every once in a while, not a lot, like I would be asked to sing for funerals and I would cry at every funeral mm. and I would be like front and center. Not while I sang. I, was, I would always keep it together. And like, I really wasn't like on the mic or anything. I was just like raising my hand and like telling people when they come in. Um, but there was like one time where I had to sit like really close to like the pulpit and this guy just gave like the most beautiful eulogy and I'm, I'm like sitting 
three feet away from him, like weeping. And my, my choir director was like, you need to like pull yourself together. Cause right. like, it's not, you're like distracting. I wasn't like openly sobbing. Um, but you know, it's just, I can't help. But it also is on the flip side of that. Like you do feel a little bit like, it's just like perspective on like life and like what you have to offer and like hearing what, what these other people did and like, uh, or maybe didn't do and how I sort of walked out of that church and, you know, got home and like started watching Netflix as I normally would do. Yeah. The, the, the ideas in the car, I'm like, I can't wait to get home and I'm going to write everything down. And then I come home and then it's just. Right. Right. Yeah. And then it's just the dun dun of the Netflix. Yeah. You know, logo. Yes, I know. That yeah. always scares me. Right. Why don't they get rid of that thing? Yeah. Jesus. Enough of that. Like, don't make me feel worse about this than I already do. Uh, or if a scary movie starts. When yeah. It just starts playing. Anyway. Ugh. My Netflix. Netflix. First, we don't get a third season of special. Then you've got a scary <laughs> logo. I don't need this. Uh, I don't need that drum. <laughs> yeah. I, so, and this episode is really kind of, I think, kind of the overall theme is like, you know, the thing about grief and about death is like the way it does kind of immediately put everything into perspective and, and yeah. clarify things. And there is, I think, part of the high of grief is there's also that moment where like, you know, I remember thinking this when my grandfather died. I was like, oh, like the bookends of life can just close. And all the bullshit, all the stuff, kind of like my, my job. It's like all that stuff that I was worried about and that I'd stressed about mm-hmm. and thought was such a big deal is over in an instant. And it doesn't fucking yeah. matter anymore. And I feel like we really see that kind of happen with Karen, you know, eventually this episode where it was like, oh, like she even says like, okay, let's just cut this shit. And I just feel like that is true on an even larger level you know in times like this where it's like oh somebody just died i don't have time to like make small talk or pretend to like you you know yeah it's yeah disagreeing yeah (laughs) don't have anything to say um so uh you know we we get i'm one the one moment i wanted to kind of jump into first and we kind of get this lovely moment in the beginning of the episode when she's like watching him sleep and then uh, and then when he hugs her and the way she says, oh, that's what I needed. Like, it is such a convi- – they have so many convincing little moments as mother and son that are just – I like, I can't believe it's acting. Like, the way that they just kind of, like, settle in with each other and feel so kind of like – like, they've known each other for about 34 years, you know? Yeah, I remember um... – I agree. Yes. And I remember like for all the reasons that I didn't like the character of Karen in season one, I loved her in season two. And because I I guess really I didn't know what Jessica Hecht is like. I still like I don't know what her natural like register of her voice is, but it's almost like that. It reminds me of um, Anna's mom and like Pen15 where it's a little sing songy, but like also very calming and sort of like i don't know white picket fence sort of voice at the same time Mm -hmm. but um so like i that's why i so appreciated this episode when she went to a 27 at the end i was like yes let let me hear that but i just feel like this episode specifically but like more of this season that register was lowered a little bit and i it just like I liked it, um, and I thought she was a little bit too spacey in season one, and and some, but like maybe that's the genius of like Jessica Hecht, you know. And I'm like, and if that is it, then brava because it's just so nuanced. Yeah, I feel like she just there's so many like interesting notes that she plays throughout really like every episode where I feel like it's um, 
it always just feels very natural. It, certainly this season, where it just it there's there's little moments that feel very conversational. There's a few that I took note of where it just so many no one told her to do that moments. Yes, yes. Um, so that morning we also get to see uh, Tanya, uh, who I. I kept thinking, why do I know this woman? I think her name is Lauren Weedman. I think is, is Lauren Weedman. Yes, yeah. yes. Tanya, Doris. Uh, and not my name is Doris, but uh, she was in Looking. Do you remember that show on HBO? You know, I I did not watch Looking, but I remember there being a sister that I kind of liked in the little I did see of it, and so I didn't realize that was her. Did you watch Looking like in full? Do you? Have, like, I did. A... I watched all of it, and I watched the movie as oh. well too. I would love to talk to you about Looking one day. Okay, uh, you know, so and you... all your spare time. Uh... Oh, I mean, I, I'm. <laughs> oh, you swimming. do have spare time. I do have spare time, girl. <laughs> I, I was like, yes, can do. Um, yes. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm. I feel like I hear so many mixed things, or I'm kind of told what I'm supposed to think about Looking, but yeah, I'm. I kind of want to dive in. So okay, so you're giving it a two thumbs up. I think it's one of the better shows. And, like, of course, like, with any sort of, uh, especially, like, a queer story, you know, lack of representation and just, like, people of color was one of the things, like, at the forefront, too. But, like, Jonathan Groff is so good. He is such a great actor. And Lauren Weedman plays almost, like... It's very much almost like a Kim character in Looking. She's not a sister. She's best friends with... um, the guy who plays Dom oh, in Looking. Oh, she's a friend. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think. I don't think she's in relation to anyone. She's just, like, part of the gang, and she's awesome, and you just love her from, like, the, the second you meet her. Um, so it was so funny to see her in this kind of role as just, like, the annoying... <laughs> Ugh, she was such a nuisance. and I. But it's she's great in this, too, as Tanya. She's so funny. And I realized that yeah. where I also knew her from was... And I don't know what iteration, but... Do you remember on VH1 those like I love the '90s specials oh, yeah. and I love the 2000s and I love the '80s? I am almost positive that she was, and I mean, obviously, I have IMDb open, so I can like vamp while I yeah, figure it out. I... But she was like one of those commentators, and I have so many thoughts because that was such an interesting. Like, do you, did you watch those? Do you know what I'm talking about? Those. Yeah, I definitely know. I mean, I wouldn't know like references, but I, I certainly know those. They do. They would just have like you know, like Lonnie Love and like a whole yes. bunch of other people of that sort of. Uh, you I know, mean, cut I, from that cloth. Yeah, yeah, like I think they're they're just another sort of generation of kind of like improv, you know, comedians and stand up comedians. Um, yeah, she. Uh, let's see. I guess she did. She was a correspondent on The Daily Show, so maybe that helped get her these gigs. But she was on I Love the 90s Part 2. She was on I Love the 80s 3D. I Love the Holidays. I Love Toys. I Love the New Millennium. She was in something on 2017 called Poop Talk. I saw that too. <laughs> so, uh, so she's got that going for her. Sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, she is, uh, she's fabulous. Like she's, she is such a, like your mom's best friend energy that like I yes. could go on a road trip with. Oh yeah. She's, she's a Tanya. Tanya's the best name for her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's always down to stop at a Seven Eleven for a diet Coke. Ugh. Yes. Yes. Um, so then Karen gets the phone call that her mother's died. And I, I've i been having this thought lately of like, there's so many, 
little moments where it's like, oh, that exact same moment happens in another movie or happens in another TV show. And like kind of almost having like an Instagram, like like how people have, you know, you know how people have Instagrams, you know what I'm talking about? Um, where like, <laughs> you know, there's kind of like, here's the clip from this movie and the clip of this movie of the same thing happening. And so an yes. example of what I'm talking about is Karen getting the phone call about her mother dying. I then thought about... Um, uh, Francis Conroy getting the phone call that her husband died in six feet under. Yes. You know, that, yes. that like face, like watching them get the news on a portable phone. Ugh. I would love to find, because that's, that's too much of a show to try to do a whole episode on, but I'd love to find an episode featuring her uh, yeah. on this podcast because that's a performance that I could watch all day. She's just yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. So they go to the grandma's house to, you know, get the the funeral instructions. And and I think this is really where you kind of see, like, also, like, the business of funeral prep. You know, like, all the yes. things you have to do. Um, I feel like I've seen my parents go through this, and I'm kind of like, ugh, this, this sucks. But you, like, have to do it, and you're on the clock, you know? Yeah, even, like, picking up all those, like, candies or, like, Reese's Cups, like, the minis off the table, I'm like, oh, yeah, all that has to go. Yeah. Like, food in the refrigerator and, like, just food. Like, it's, oh, God, I can't even imagine it. On top of, like, dealing with your grief. (laughs) Right, right. And I guess for some people, it's, like, it's great because it gives them something to do and it keeps people busy. And, like, my mom and my stepdad have talked about that. It's kind of, like, because they've, you know, they've now buried both of their parents uh, each. Mm -hmm. And so they've each said like it's it's after the funeral and the luncheon afterwards and everybody leaves and you go home and then you sit on the couch and like that's when everything hits and it's because you've just been kept busy up until that point and so uh you know we kind of see the beginning of karen being kept busy Um, yeah she just kind of springs into action but yeah that's, that's uh, what happens. And I love it, right? And I feel like, you know, Tanya is kind of at her of like, oh, you haven't really cried at all. Like, I've just noticed that, like, you haven't really cried. And, like, I, I just, like, kind of, I love the commentary of that because I think that that is, uh, that's so common. I feel like that's so, that I love, and I love watching it, too, is the way that grief is kind of like a melting iceberg. Um, yeah. And that it's not like the movies. Like, the you know, you know even in, in this episode, when Karen gets the phone call, it's not like she immediately bursts, bursts into tears, like, Tanya does but I think that's so true that sometimes it's just like I can't cry about this my brain can't even do the math on this you know yeah I gotta pick up these Reese's cups first right. it's just like I I can only imagine but I do love the set piece of Tanya just being like just poking her like emotionally mm-hmm. and like almost physically too of just like you know if you need to cry I remember when my mom died oh I was just such a wreck you know if you you know it's probably gonna hit you now I mean <laughs> go into the bathroom make sure you're holding on to something <laughs> one of my favorite lines I know I, I jumped the gun there. but I just I had to go there right now yeah or even when she tells Ryan and in the morning after the call like grandma died and Tanya is the one to like start sobbing but it's yeah. perfect it's so perfect yeah i mean and i think that i love that that dichotomy of like that is some people you know yeah that might be an authentic reaction to grief but i feel like karen to me feels so much more accurate of like yeah you just especially a relationship like that where you've been like caretaking a sick parent like i think the it's i mean it's no in no way a comparison but like for anyone who doesn't know i I left my day job recently and yes. uh, kind of expected 
to have all like this deep sense of like relief as soon as the last day was there or like just kind of you expect to kind of have a much more cinematic finale and it all just kind of ended with a whimper and then I went and got my second corona shot and then like you know was knocked out for a day and a half but and it rained all weekend like it was just so unceremonious and I was just like and today, because we're recording on a Tuesday, so a little, you know, glimpse behind the curtains, friends, <laughs> uh, is technically my first day of retirement. And yeah. it's been the weirdest day. I've just been like, I, I, this morning I was sitting there having coffee, doing my morning pages. No big deal. Nice. And, uh, I And I was like, oh, usually around now is when the anxiety of like, oh, I better check my inbox would start to bubble up. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even have an inbox. So, um, you know, except for BSA, the, the BSA pod at gmail.com, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and it just, it, it's, yeah. And it's, I'm still kind of, and I think, you know, ending a job and someone dying, like these are big life changes and it's, mm-hmm. it's really kind of, I'm kind of loving in a way because it's easier than death kind of navigating like, Oh yeah, this takes a few days. Like there, this is a different yeah. kind of grief process, you know? Yeah. Like you said, it is different for everyone. And even with this, you know, you're quitting your job. Like I often find that the things anticipation is always more exciting than the actual like events. Oh, like amen. I'm sure like the, and like when you're going on vacation or even if you just had like PTO or for whatever reason, like even Memorial Day weekend, I was like, oh, my God, yes, it's Friday. Mm-hmm. And then it rained. We had like a great weekend, but we were very busy doing fun things. But like there, I, I to me, like I wish I had like a moment to just like sit and like have some time, which I did. So I'm just being like a snob about it. But like I, I, I don't know. It's like and then all of a sudden it was like monday night and i was like oh my god it just like flew by yeah and it wasn't what i thought it would be even though like i had a great time and saw some great people and my family and all that stuff too so it works on both sides of the fence i guess yeah expectation leads to resentment yes it does rupaul says yes expect that's true that's very true that's very wise yeah it's very wise yes yes um you know i uh bring us to to karen one of my favorite moments of hers and i don't i I hope that this resonated for you too is when they were sitting there on the couch that night looking at the pictures and um you know ryan was asking about his grandmother and and, oh yes and she talked about how you know well she was uh well she had me and you know oh she was in a book club but oh well she got kicked out and she tells this whole story about the hundred days of solitude and then she has this line she goes you know she loved romance and uh and that was it. She was just around. And she, like, rubs her nose when she says, and uh, and that was it. And it is it is such an acting choice. And there is yes. no way anyone told her to do that. Do you remember that moment? Yes. I remember the touching of the nose. And, like, because it could have just been, like, a simple, like, hand gesture. Like, she was just around. You know, like, raised, you know, a little, like, gesture. But she uh-huh. chose to just... Cause like what I, I'm always more fascinated in, and I mean that's good writing is like what was she gonna say? What yeah. was that about? What was she not telling us? I mean we know that she was a difficult woman. I mean we learned that later too. But um, and, but and the other thing that we didn't talk about yet too this this sort of like I guess if you want to call it a B plot of this episode is a sort of flashback like a series of flashbacks about how Ryan as a I guess we'll say like toddler, like a young lad was Mm -hmm. not expected to walk ever. And how, um, you know, the grandma sort of 
pushed him well he's never gonna learn to walk if you keep babying him like that you know and like she's like well he can't walk you know like it's not like she was trying to prevent him from doing it and like he tried and and like there's just it's such a beautiful sort of thing to show as you're seeing the present and also Mm. you know just showing a little glimpse of that past i love that we have this this parallel narrative of ryan learning how to sweep and learning how to walk um Because he, of course, you know, goes into the kitchen to get them a drink, you know, because they're gonna, you know, they put on Real Housewives of New New York. Roni, the second half of Roni, um, <laughs> is that what people say? Do they call it Roni? Because I call yeah, it that in my head, Roni. but I wasn't yeah. sure if I was just alone on that one. It's just quicker, yeah. It's just quicker. It's so much easier. Um, and yes. that's when she has that line of just like watching the television. Television. Uh, Cable is so expensive, and part of me just thinks it was improvised. Like they were like, "Yeah, just watch yeah. TV, just see how you see how you react." Should um, we talk about Phil? Yeah, Phil, Phil, who's like the, he was the love interest in season one, and then they broke up. Uh, yeah, yeah, she goes to Phil's for grief sex, which yeah, checks out. Yeah, good on ya. Good on you. Yeah, she just doesn't want to be alone. I, I love how she's like the way that she is sort of like lying on Phil's chest. She has her hand like on his armpit and it's very weird to me. I would I would not I'm very ticklish. I do not like people touching my armpits. Oh, <laughs> I would just be yeah. like it's it's so interesting. Um but just the way like there's a couple face journeys there as, as he's talking about his mom and you could just see like oh man, that is not the experience that I had and she's just kind of staring. I but love she memorizes that. it. Yeah, yeah it's so I, great. Uh, because that's because she goes over the first night, and we just see them make out in the front door, and then the next day Kim comes over for dinner, and then Kim makes them dinner, and then she goes back to Phil's the second night for more grief sex, and that's when we get mm-hmm. that scene. And yeah, it's just, yeah, great shot. Which it, there was part of me watching that scene that almost wished the entire scene was just that one single shot of her laying on his chest yes. focus on her Again, face just show us the woman to yes. show us the woman like i just let it let me watch jessica hecht act for a minute and a half like i'm yeah perfectly fine with that you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but it certainly a lot was dedicated to her processing what he was saying talking about his mom uh you know which we then find out later she'll she ends up stealing all of that but yes um I there is I the the next day of the day of the funeral the, there were some also dedicated shots of her just looking at herself in the mirror in that dress with the hair oh, up the dress. and I yes. just ugh, I love like watching someone look at themselves in the mirror on the day of a funeral oh my god like <laughs> I want just so yes. many examples of that you know I know and just like she's looking at her wrinkles and kind of pulling her face back yeah maybe she wasn't but I pictured that she looks like a 1990s kindergarten teacher oh my god totally totally Miss Honey Miss Honey she definitely (laughs) Miss Honey there was that moment of her like I felt like oh she looks so old in this shot but I feel like that's the idea she looks so old yes Um, yes and there's that thing too of like the way that this this kind of grief like ages you really fast, you know? Like yes. this level of like exhaustion and grief, it's I mean I'm again, I'm fascinated by it, but it's uh she's yeah, I just love that little moment. Um yeah. At the funeral Tanya wears a red dress, which checks out uh, sure. She has carpal tunnel. She can't hand out she the programs. She has carpal tunnel. <laughs> She's like, I thought I, I thought I told you. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I know, I know this, this is a hard day is for hard. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's terrible. She's, she's terrible. terrible. It's so good. So I, it's just good. Oh, like, like part of me would love it if she was just like this, like, um, you know, sympathetic, supportive character the entire season. And yes. It's just like Karen's friend. Because, oh my God. 
Like that is what I want. I just I love that idea of like the mom's friend having a role the whole season. But I understand yes. that, you know, there had to be some kind of dramatic tension. And I think this is actually her last episode of the season. Um, yeah, she kicks. She's like a sympathetic narcissist. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's just like she's always she's always going to bring it back to you or to her. Right. And she it's like she's almost caring but not. Right. I don't know. Right. She, and she's not like, you know, cuz there's that one moment where she like when Ryan and Karen are out in the room, out in the living room the night before, and she's like, oh, thank you so much for letting me sleep in your room. Let me have your bed, and, you know, to Ryan. And then he's like, what the heck? And, and Karen says, don't be mad. She's, she's lonely. And, like, there is a, yeah. there's a humanizing moment of, like, and I appreciated that as well, that, like, Tanya, as ridiculous as she is, isn't painted as ridiculous. Like, there's some humanity to yes. her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I love because I feel like it, it. She packs a punch, and I'm glad. And I feel I feel that's like, you know, hats off to Lauren Weedman who can, yeah. you know, who pulled that off. She she brings that just naturally. She's so good and looking. I can't wait for you to watch. Oh, it. I can't wait. No, like this <laughs> yeah. is definitely my entry point because I'm was yes. so enjoying her in this. I mean, yeah. Did she improv the line? Oh, these meatballs are divine. <laughs> <laughs> She's like. Scarfing meatballs when they get yes, back to the house. Yes. Oh, it's uh, so good. Yes, where Karen realizes the food is not what their grandmother had, uh, what her mother had requested, and you know, uh, Aunt Danielle. You know, it's oh, just Aunt it's Danielle. Just too much. Yeah, but but that's when we. I mean, this this episode is not about Kim, unfortunately, or at least like is not heavily featuring uh, Punam Patel as Kim, who really is like, uh, the like. The true, like, I'm, like, the heart of season 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Kim. You know, like, she just really is fabulous. And I, w- this is a little inside uh, story here. The, after I watched season one of Special, and I just, like, loved her so much, I DM'd her on Instagram. And I was like, I just want to say that I love the show, and I love you in it. And, you know, well, yada, yada, yada. And she responded back. She's like, thank you so much for the love. And she put, like, a little heart. And I was oh. like, oh, my God. So I messaged her again. And uh, she didn't respond. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> She's like, this I guy again. Try. Yeah. Yeah. Our message was still there. I saw what she wrote. And, uh, you know. Wow. She'll get back to us. She'll, yeah, she's busy. She's doing press for special season two. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, Kim I great. Kim, I love Kim. I and she gets such a great narrative this season. I yes. we could definitely do another episode focused just on her. I think she is mm-hmm. so funny. The episode before this where she has her birthday party and then she breaks up with the rich guy with I think his oh, name yeah. was Harrison. Oh my goodness, yes. And it's like he leaves right before their karaoke of um, a duet of how many licks, and so she just says fuck it, and she just, and she like slow walks up to the stage. That her she t- her shoes just fall off, and then she takes the microphone, and it is, it is such a funny performance of her kind of like <laughs> cry rapping through it, and yes. it's so filthy, and it's. So- I watch and Ryan joins her. And Ryan perfect, joins yeah. her. It's definitely one of the funniest moments of the season. I, um, <laughs> yes. I love her. And the her her friend, the guy Ravi uh, Utkarsh Ambudkar, I believe it's pronounced. Uh, he is also in Britney Runs a Marathon. And no way. Uh, yeah, I and he. Yeah, he uh, plays a very similar character. There's something about him between seeing Britney Runs a Marathon and this, where I'm like. I like you. I don't know why. Oh yeah, something about yes. you. Like I, I 
I like you. I yes. Hmm, like there's just something about you, and so uh, I have a little bit of a crush on him now. Okay, I love yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I'm I'm so glad Kim like found her match and. That was sort of like tied up with a bow at the end of the season. Yeah, I love how like she's like, "Oh, our parents are gonna be so happy." The oh, way she I says know. That. I, just I like love how that. annoyed she is by that. <laughs> yes. Um. So, uh, the really this this episode. So yes, in, as we we're saying, not much Kim. She's really kind of a, a, a supporting player. It really is all about Karen having this meltdown at the funeral. Um, yes. First of all, the way that she eats the candy in the bathroom is worth noting. Oh, Tony collecting a popsicle energy. Yes. For sure. That, yes. that is one of those examples of a side-by-side of like Tony Collette eating the popsicle in Little Miss Sunshine, Jessica Hecht eating a piece of candy in the bathroom in special. Oh, I could just taste them. They're just terrible. But, yeah. Chewing, you know. the, chewing them out of the plastic. I mean, yes. it didn't look like there were any of those strawberry ones you know the grandma strawberry candies with the that are soft oh, in the yes middle? Oh, oh my god yes oh, god i can't get enough of them neither can my molars they just stay but oh, <laughs> oh yeah i fucking love them so that's much that's so specific i love that though yeah. that'll be in our, our screenplay we have to put the yes strawberries in. yes those little <laughs> strawberry candies yeah i mean i'm gonna have a, a scene of a woman looking at herself in the mirror before a funeral eating strawberry candies and it's all just one shot focused on her face for a minute and a half (laughs) i can't fucking wait Um, yes oh my god i have it written down here it's gonna hit you probably in there hold on to something (laughs) yes she's like you know what it always happens right now oh she just like keeps talking yeah she just wants her to break um yeah so karen comes back out and it's time for them all to say something nice about grandma and uh, Ryan can muster up that she liked watching Law and Order and watching people die. Tanya says some some nonsense, and then Karen breaks, and I love it. She says, "You know what? Enough of this shit. Like my mother was not a nice person. You know, she didn't have a nice thing to say about anybody. Uh, and yeah. you want to know how I feel? I'm relieved. And it and it just, uh, I mean." I'm sure there's so many movies and shows that have similar moments like this of somebody just having the breaking point at the funeral, you know? Yeah. And I love the idea because obviously it happens with other people too. Like the death of a very difficult family member or someone you had a very difficult relationship with your entire life. It's like, do you feel guilty for not feeling more grief or, you know, how does that like, what does that say about you and all this other like sort of complicated emotions that like accompany that. But I, I love how she said like right after that, her next line is like, is there a book that I can buy about that? You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm relieved my mother's dead. Like she doesn't, you know, in a, in a uh, number of words too, but it's just, I do love how she said she wanted you to stay until eight, but who cares? Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so she wanted good. you to stay till eight, but she's dead. So who cares? I just want to take this fucking dress off. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and that's where she gets really low and growly. Ugh, yeah. It's, it's, it's some good great. shit. And, and the way that she navigates, like, she wanted you to stay till 8, but she's dead, so who cares? Like, <laughs> she just, like, finds a nuance on every one of those beats. It's so good. I um, I loved it. Ugh, like, I could watch, again, I could watch those scenes go on all day. Uh, yeah, yeah. It could have been like three minutes longer. And yeah. I, I love how Ryan's just like smiling the whole time. Right. Inter- his journey in this episode is very interesting because he's not really showing a lot of grief 
Like I know he meets. Is it Henry at the? What do I Henry, his name yeah. Is Henry, Henry, mm-hmm. yeah. Who's adorable. Yeah. At the and so he's kind of just like you know getting his digits and like about setting up the plot line about the Crips and everything like that too. But he never really fully. You don't really see him as emotional. But it it, mm. it kind of doesn't matter, and I didn't really notice until right now. So. Yeah, that's funny. Perfect. I didn't notice it either. But yeah, he doesn't really have much of an emotional response. Like it's, I mean, I think that that Karen and Ryan's relationship, I think, will always have elements of codependency. And I feel like Ryan, like, yes. goes to this place of like, I just want to help you. I just want to be, I want to be the lighthouse on the shore for you, you know. And so like that was almost like his funeral job. That was his business, you know. Is like yeah. I need to always be helping you and. Uh, and there, there's obviously there's like the through line of like I want to be always helping you and I keep fucking up and I'm starting to feel like yes this is the way things always are and and I thought that was uh it was incredible how they managed to kind of weave that in of like there is this larger narrative of like is this just how we are am I just like the fuck up in your life because like yeah that's what you're yeah. giving me right now you know uh yeah yeah it's uh and I love that the episode you know obviously comes down to just you know ryan and karen's relationship and um you know karen realizing it's like are those the italian nachos from macaroni grill yes. <laughs> i thought they just looked delicious those. yeah yes. i was like what hold on i need to just google i don't know if you already did but italian no. nachos mac grill it sounds okay. delicious all right let me let me talk you through this here's here's romano's macaroni grill nachos no, napoli uh recipe okay so you stack wonton wrappers wrappers okay let's start that over again you stack wonton wrappers and slice them into three-fourths a section oh this is really long okay so there's it's wonton wrappers <laughs> it's cheese sauce it's italian sausage Ooh. mozzarella tomato ugh, kalamata or black olives i'll take those off yeah um, we can take those out yeah banana peppers i guess um yeah, there's an Asiago cream sauce. So, Ooh. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I mean, that sounds delicious. Wonton wrappers, absolutely. I love nachos, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's... That's a great idea. you deep fry a wonton wrapper? Oh, my God. Ooh, I have yes. to go. Um, and the triple berry cake from Sweet Lady Jane. Oh, triple berry cake. I mean, it looked like there were some, some Hawaiian sweet rolls in the back somewhere. Um, yes, and those meatballs. <laughs> oh, the meatballs were divine. I was, I definitely needed more time on the food. I'll say that much. Yes, I'm always interested in the food. Yes, yeah, I am. Uh, this it's like the new, it's the new trending thing that I'm just like stealing and appropriating, but I can't stop repeating it. Have you seen on Twitter um, the "Get the shoes, baby, get the shoes"? Has that come no, across you? Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I think it's someone from Pose. I think her name is Dominique Jackson. I think. Oh, yeah. oh yes, of course. Yes. yes. And there was, I think she did some interview or whatever, and someone was filming her, and she was like, get the shoes, baby, get the, get shoes. the shoes. And yes. so that, like, started to, like, I think, you know, Bob the Drag Queen did a version of it. I think it just kind of became a bit of a thing. And I'm yeah. just, like, now I'm just, like, to me, it's my version of that is, like, you know, get the sliders, baby, get the sliders. Like, <laughs> get the sliders. Let, yes. get, get, the, get the Italian nachos, baby, get the Italian nachos. Um, but I just love that. Get the shoes, baby. Get the shoes. <laughs> just, it is a great line. There's it is a great the, line. The, the, the term baby shoes that I think is really funny. And yeah. Because it's, 
Get the shoes, baby. Get the shoes, baby. Get the shoes. Yeah. 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 Um, Speaking of food, another line from that Tanya said earlier on the episode that was just so great. She's like, oh, pancakes. I was so hoping for French toast. Mm, Yeah. That should have been my my line at the beginning of the podcast if I was thinking, if I was in the right headspace, but I wasn't. Um, That's right. I I can hear you saying it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. but the end of the episode too is like as far like so then like she she does break down and what does she mm. say like the nachos broke me the nachos broke just, me yeah and it's kind of like this joyful cathartic cry it's not like a fall to the floor grief cry you know it's just like yeah. she's she's realizing and it, it kind of flashes back perfectly with him as a kid um you know that sitting in the yard and he there's a ball or something that's thrown and then he he gets just, uh he gets his walker and then he just like takes a couple steps and it's so beautiful and of course i cried it was just and she's so good with that little child actor yeah too. right she's I kept really thinking. good with him they were so, like, like when oh, she, she's such a great mom right yeah when she's like i gotta use your walker like the way she says that to him i was like yeah this is so adorable um but yeah, because she, because he, uh, they, they managed to kind of dovetail the broom and the flashbacks with, you know, he's like, oh, I, you know, I, I because basically what it is is instead of getting all of the grandmas, you know, uh, assigned dishes for the for the funeral luncheon, Ryan ends up getting his mother all her favorite things, and he says, I know it'd be a bad day for you, so I got you all your favorite things. And, yes. Oh, it is, and it's such a beautiful moment. She's like, oh my god, you're the sweetest little thing, and he gives him a hug yeah. and cries, and he says, and I swept up a little pile of dirt here, but, you know, uh, can you teach me how to sweep it into the into the dustpan? And so, you know, we, we finally get that moment of, uh, you know, yeah, those two moments of her helping him, you know, accomplish something and then bonding over that. And I really think all of that, the reason I say all that is I think uh, it's perfect. It's a perfect note for her to be, to finally break in. Like, I feel like instead of her, instead of the, the episode ending in finally the grief of her mother dying hits and she cries, it's like, she's crying for everything she has you know she has ryan she has all her favorite foods she has support like she has freedom she has relief and so like i think that's a fascinating part of grief and about death is there's also there's there's those weird mixed emotions where it's like i'm actually kind of happy as well and uh Mm -hmm. i thought that was just like brilliant brilliant writing what a great way to cap the episode it really was. I do love that little moment they have right before she breaks too, or maybe it was after. I he said like, "Mom, did I like did I mess up your life? Like you mm-hmm. having me?" And she's like, "Having she says having you might have made my life more difficult, but it also made it so much more joyful." And just like the way she says that, and like, I feel like a lot of parents with you know children with disabilities, uh, you know, a range of disabilities can sort of see themselves in that too and like how that sort of trade-off is like yes there's going to be a lot of difficult times and a lot of difficult moments but it's you also get to see the world through i don't know the lens of uh, what am i trying to say here colin i'm like help me (laughs) well i mean i think you know i think a lot of parents of like children with disabilities have like talked about like you know what they learn you know from their kids by going through those experiences and like you know, yeah, you do get a totally different perspective about life and about yeah. what challenges are. And I think yes. um, there's, yeah, it's, I can't even imagine, like, I can't imagine mm-hmm. raising a child with no disabilities. Like, yes, yeah. I have a cat 
And that's quite enough, you know? Uh, yeah. He started waking up much earlier these days for cat food, and that's enough of a problem. So I... <laughs> Uh, I got my hands full. You where's know? my nachos? Yeah, gone. where's where are my <laughs> Italian nachos from Romano's Macaroni Grill, Marco? Uh, where are the chicken crispers from Chili's if we're Ooh, ordering my yes. favorite things? Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Am I asking for too Yum. much in this world? But, uh, <laughs> you know, but I and I think, you know, there's another line that she says of like, I'm never going to not want to take care of you. And I think there's that, too, of like this is bigger than did you make my life harder or easier or whatever? Like, yeah, you're my child. And it's like programmed in like, again, like Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, Marco, this is so not the same, but I think as many times as he drives me nuts, I'm like, I am never going to not want to take care of this cat. Like he is, he is my baby, you know? And so like, there is that thing of like, yeah, drives me up the fucking wall sometimes. And traveling is a little more stressful and, you know, uh, scooping poop. Poop is is something yes. that's a big part of my life, but um, much more than it used to be. And so I uh, I accept all that because I'm like, well, I, I yeah, he's my cat. What that's else what am I going to do? Signed up for? Yeah, what I signed up yeah. for? And uh, and I think that just is so true. I think you know, as a parent, <laughs> but I imagine for a lot of parents is so true. Of like, there's no question of like, you know what my life would be without you because my life is doesn't exist without you, you know? Yeah. Oh, that was nice. Well said. Well said. Yeah. Do you hear that, Marco? I know. I think he's late. Is he back here? He's, he's like chewing the, the wires of your microphone. Yeah, yeah. He's not even in the room. He's in the other room. <laughs> oh my he's God. Like, what? What? What do I do? Um, oh God. Uh, so yeah. And so that is the episode. Uh, yeah. So good. I'm oh, so good. The whole season. So good. Yeah, go watch uh, special, everyone. Go watch special. It'll be um, maybe watch it after watching Mayor of East Town because it's a real pick me up. Um, because yeah. I, I just feel like well, I want to tell everyone to go watch special. I first need to tell everyone to go watch Mayor of East Town. It's it's my new campaign this week. Love it. So get used to it. Um, <laughs> well, uh, any other thoughts on special or Jessica Heck? or anything else that we you feel we maybe uh, missed before we move on? No, I'm, I'm scanning my notes. You know, there's a, f- a couple Kim lines that, you know, we left out. But it's again, it's not about Kim in this episode, mm. too. So I'm, I'm hoping we see uh, Punam Patel in, like, in something else. I'm rooting yeah. for her. I'm rooting for everyone in this, in this show to just, like, be in more stuff. Yeah. Um, and... Thank you, Ryan O'Connell. And I did. I do want to say this too. I meant to say this at the beginning. Um, this was written by Layla Cohan Michio, I think, um, and she's written for Special. She's wrote uh, written for Bridgerton, the First Wives Club, like TV show, which oh. I don't know what that is. Uh, the Santa Clarita Diet. Um, so she's like a, a seasoned writer, but she wrote this episode. And because I, like you said, I know that uh, like I can't imagine writing an entire series myself. And I know there's obviously a writers' room and. Ryan O'Connell probably does the majority of it, but I, I did want to give her a shout out too. So yeah, no, a that, beautiful episode, Layla. I'm glad you did because I think yeah, the writing is uh, is so strong in this episode. Mm-hmm. It's so smart. Yeah, um, yeah, this was great. I would love to do another episode on special and uh, yeah. and celebrate Kim. She's got she's got a great mm-hmm. sort of narrative in the second half of the season. Yeah, uh, I cook, I clean, somebody marry me. Uh, <laughs> yes, that was a good line. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, uh, I, I think that means, oh, here it comes. I think that means we get played off now. Yeah. If we have nothing else to say, then we have to get played off. This is, this yes. is not the 2021 Academy Awards. This just doesn't go on all day, you know? <laughs> yeah, woof. Woof. So, uh, so this music you might be hearing right now may sound familiar because we're being played off. There we are. There we are. Uh, so where can folks find more of you? Well, they can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast. And I think I'm going to start releasing episodes on Thursday. Tuesday is just too much for me. Yeah. <laughs> just like like the week goes by, and especially for this long weekend, I blinked and I was like, oh shit, tomorrow is Tuesday and I didn't record an episode. So look out for that. I mean, really, the ideal day is Friday because, of you know, that's when Jeffrey comes yeah. home for chicken. That's when the podcast should be released. But... You know, I'm, uh, I'll think about that as well. But anyway, uh, you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kachanov. How about you, Colin? Uh, well, you know, maybe I'll, I'll talk about this more in the Best Supporting After Show, but maybe eventually there might be some spin-off mini-sode of The Good Vanilla on Fridays. Yeah, sort of like I thought about that too. Jeffrey's yes. Chicken, you know, 10-minute <laughs> yeah. little thing. Who knows? Friday night dinner, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that, yeah. Uh, (laughs) But in the meantime, you can find more of me talking about Drag Race on All Right Mary. You can find more of me talking about probably Mayor of Easttown next uh, uh, when In the Details returns this month. Uh, Mm. You can, yes, ugh. You can find more of me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore, and of course you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Twitter at BSA Pod. And you can also email us at thebsapod at gmail.com. Well, as per usual, keep your papers peeled, folks, because tomorrow the Best Supporting After Show will be out, and I have been told there's another game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I'll probably talk about Mayor of Easttown some more, so get ready for that. Uh, In the meantime, uh, that, as they say, is that... (laughs) 